Welcome to the May Road Show, episode number 178 and a half. My name is John Morgan in Lincoln, Nebraska, where UFC Fight Night 135, Gaethje versus Vic, is in the books. It's a little after 2 a.m. here, hanging out at the Lincoln Marriott Cornhusker Hotel, the host hotel this week, which ended up playing host to what turned out to be a very, very entertaining event. We said it, if you listened earlier in the week, saying, hey man, I think this is one of those sneaky cards. I know it's kind of cliche to say the ones that people aren't paying attention to are the ones that end up being good, but this was certainly one of those nights, man. It definitely delivered. I had a good time at the arena from start to finish. I think the Lincoln crowd got what they paid for, for sure. 64.09 in attendance for a $478,000 live gate. Not Not the biggest show of all time, but the people that showed up definitely got their money's worth. Justin Gaethje with the big first round knockout of James Vick. Just like he told me he'd do it. <laughs> Man, all week long I couldn't tell if Justin Gaethje was really mad at me. And to be honest with you, I still don't know if he's really mad at me. Uh, but he he said it. He's like, I'm going to knock him out just for you. And he did knock him out, man. Incredible. Knocked out James Vick. One minute and 27 seconds is all it took. So Justin Gaethje were accustomed to these long, drawn-out battles. This time he got it done quick in the first round. You know, I don't think we saw a ton of changes. I do think he was being a little bit more patient in, in, in his approach to things. I think he was being a little bit less chaotic about things, but certainly didn't turn to the wrestling. I mean, we don't know how things would have played out had it gone longer, but, you know, we didn't see him wanting to wrestle. We didn't see him not moving forward, and as he would say later, that, you know, he's never going to not move forward. So, you know, I think there were adjustments that were that were definitely made, but I don't think he's ever going to be an entirely different type of fighter. But, man, if he can do this, unbelievable work. Unbelievable work. Just overwhelming, man. Um, you know, listen, I, I thought James Vick was having some, some early success uh, when he would use the, the, the front kick. I think he, you know, he hit the body a couple times. There was one that um, – you know, there was a series of two kicks in a row, basically, where it looked to me like Justin Gaethje kind of stopped for just a second, you know, maybe just a little bit of a pause of his pursuit, and then he kind of banged on his body as if to indicate, hey, man, that didn't that didn't hurt me at all. But you know what that means, man. When somebody says that that didn't hit me, that means it, it did hit him. <laughs> um, and then, of course, shortly after that, as Justin said, he said, look, James Vick gets hit moving backwards, and there he was, moving backwards, Near the fence, and I think that's definitely where Justin Gaethje was having the most success. When when James Vick was able to get off the cage and be out in the center, he certainly was able to um, to have a little bit more success. But that big right hand just out cold instantly. I mean, devastating power. And listen, I can tell you when when you know when James left the cage, I still you know he still had that kind of blank look in his eyes. Man, this was a this was a devastating KO. In fact. Um, I, I think Paul Felder actually kind of highlighted on the broadcast, but if you go back and watch it, um, and I think they, they cut away from some of it because they were showing replays, but um, you can see that, that when Justin Gaethje uh, approaches James Vick on the stool, you know, after they finally got James Vick, you know, Vick is, tries to shoot in on him basically from the stool, man, which just goes to show you, like, you know, just operating on instinct at that point. So, um, 
man, just tough tough to see for James Vick because here's a guy that, you know, it took a long time to get up here to the top, you know, to get to this main event status. He said, listen, I, you know, felt he wasn't getting the respect he deserved for a long time. And then he gets there and it didn't go well. Um, and this is a tough, tough division. So you got to feel bad for James Vick. Uh, meanwhile, Justin Gaethje, hard not to feel good for Justin Gaethje. I mean, this guy is must-watch television every time he fights. He's so incredibly entertaining that you want to see him fight. And but but two losses is two losses, you know. And and he he still wants to be a UFC champion. And, and those losses, man, even though they were fights that were close and fights that he was winning, they they, they were losses. And now he's able to put that behind him and put it behind him with an exclamation mark. Just can't praise him enough. I mean, this was a perfect case scenario for Justin Gaethje. Gets a win, gets it done impressively. Um, and uh, and if you saw on the broadcast, he, he actually did uh, come over while he was still in the cage and kind of kind of let me have it a little bit as he had earlier in the week as well, which was, which was pretty funny. Um, and actually, it's funny. I, I I was able to catch the broadcast. Went back and watched a piece of the part they showed was only half of it. There was actually an earlier place as well where um, he had come over. And I, I'll be honest, I couldn't hear a whole lot of what he's saying. The music was playing pretty loud, but uh, you know there was there was some I told you so's in there. And and uh, man, he he deserved it, man. He he deserved to, to brag all he wanted. That was a, an incredible win. So um, big big moment for him. And, and uh, of course, he came back in the back and he spoke to us in the media and, and, and had some really intriguing things to say. So uh, let's just get right to that. Here's Justin Gaethje. Well, Justin, obviously a, a very impressive victory for you tonight, man. How good does uh, this moment feel? Amazing. Um, yeah. You've been covering this sport long enough. You know how I feel right now. I'm on cloud nine. Um, the human mind is a powerful tool. Um, you either let it overcome you or you or you you know, bite down, believe in yourself, and go out there and put it on the line. Um, that's all we can ask of ourselves in this sport. It's very unforgiving, and uh, I put it on the line, and I love it. I love this more than most. Uh, it seems you called your shot. I mean, you were joking with me. You're like, hey, I'm going to knock him out in the first round for you. But you said he gets hit moving backwards, and that's exactly yeah. what happened. I mean, did you know all along this is how this fight is going to end? No, I never said I was going to knock him out. I don't think I did. Um, no. I go in there prepared for, for war, for, for the, to give the ultimate sacrifice. I will, you know, I live and die for this. And um, my parents don't like to hear that, but that's, that's what it is. I, I love it. I was training i've been training since this or for this since i was four years old and um you know i'm there's there's no one that's ever worked harder than me or longer than me um so it is what it is do you do you kind of like not having to go through a battle to pick up your yes paycheck? i love it i love it i did say before this i was going for a performance tonight someone else could have fight of the night so i'm glad that i i proved that one true for myself for my family for my health um and so i can fight again sooner did anything he do bother you at all? I mean, he, did, he hit you in the body a couple times. Some of those yeah, his body kick. Out there. He threw one kick. Yeah, the body kick one uh, one hit me. Hurt. He touched my liver a little bit. Yeah. It but, looked uh, like it staggered you just for a second. No, staggered me. How? Well, what the liver shot. Me? Like it looked like you slowed down just for a second, and then you kind of. You've never been hitting liver. You've never been bit. hitting the liver, have you? Well, I've been. It, it a long, it's been a long time. It's been a long, long yeah, time. Yeah, you don't you don't get staggered from a liver <laughs> shot. Uh, you get staggered from a chin piece shot, like. You know, you saw him trying to get off the stool, and he was still staggered five minutes later. That's that's what happens when you get hit in the chin. When you get hit in the body, you know, your body shuts down, but you don't stagger right. by any means. And I know you said that, you know, you were respectful. I said, listen, man, I, I, I'm not going to call out anything or whatever. You know, I'm just getting back in the wind column. But, but what do you think should this should get for you? I mean, are there 
dates, locations. It should give me a business sense. meeting with the UFC. That's what it should give me. Looking to looking to work a new deal. Uh, yeah, it's four fights right now, so yeah, we'll see what happens. I want to fight the best. You want me to fight? You know, I'm happy with the UFC. I'm not not I'm not unhappy with them at all. But you know, the way I put it on the line, I need all my money up front. And that's how it should work for me, for people like me. Uh, they should use me as an example. Um, if you want all your money, you fight like Justin Gaethje. Okay, well, we were talking about yesterday uh, about your style, uh, that Mexican people, Latin people really relate to it. Uh, once again, you did the same. What can you tell us about it? Hey, I'm white on the outside and brown on the inside. <laughs> and you know that when you see me fight. Uh, my Nana does not speak English. Um, I am about 62.5% Mexican, <laughs> and you could tell every single time I step in there. Turns out Homer Simpson has a little bit of power, huh? <laughs> yeah. Again, yeah. You know, the more you talk, you have to understand. You, can't, you know, you've, We've seen it multiple times with, I don't even want to name names, but we'll name James Vick. You know, it's going to be hard for him to, to look himself in the mirror tomorrow, and that was my plan. You know, I don't want him to look himself in the mirror tomorrow. He's not going to. I know it's all still fresh and everything, but looking at uh, the guys ranked right in your general area, the only one that's free is Kevin Lee. Would that be something that potentially... Hey, right now, I'm literally... I've fought four times in 13 months. Like, give me a break. Let me go to... Let me go... I've never been to Hawaii. I've never been to Jamaica. I've never bought a house. Like, let me do some things uh, before you put me back in camp. I've been in camp for 12 months straight, you know? I do 12-week camps. That's three months. And I've done four fights in the last 13 months. That means I've been in camp... I've been out of camp maybe one month. Um, and that was when I was filming The Ultimate Fighter. So I wasn't out of camp. I've been training for the last 13 months, and I would like a break. So ideally, wait, Not a long break. I was gonna say, yeah, Don't ideally. know, don't know. Guys, right now, I'm, I'm flying, like tomorrow would be nice, but uh, <laughs> no, I'm flying high on emotions right now. You know, I don't think that you should make rash decisions when you're flying high on emotions. I think I need to go back, talk to my team, talk to my manager, talk to my parents, and see when their hearts can deal with it again. Six months. Six months? We'll see. You said before the fight that you were gonna, this fight would be a little bit more patient. Um, how did you see that as actually being a little more patient? Yeah. Pretty, I, pretty quick. Well, patient with uh, my punch count. Like, I I needed to get my feet there before, you know, um, I hit super hard. So I need to get my feet there before I start throwing punches. Uh, there's no reason for me to start swinging from the outside. Uh, I need to get my feet there, get my head to his chest, and then make it a fight. That's what I had to do with James. Um, yeah, You know, every time I see him fight, he, he you know, he, he's not good in that position. So I had to be in that position as much as possible. There was a lot of tension before this fight, but it seemed like you were pretty respectful afterwards. What what did you say to him? I said, it's what we do, man. It could have been me. It could have been you. Um, unforgiving sport. You know, I don't want to shit on that guy right now. Uh, he's going to shit on himself enough because you you can't talk yourself. You can't talk that kind of game and then not, you know, you need to be true to yourself. And if that is James, then, yeah, you know, fuck him. But, if you know, I don't think it is. I don't think he's that kind of guy. Uh, you know, he has family at home, and he needs to represent them like he needs to represent them. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad that I taught him a lesson. I spoke with Brandon Gertz before the fight. He couldn't be here. He had other obligations. But he, uh, as soon as your, your knockout happened, he went crazy on Twitter. I'm sure. Yeah. Hey, you know, you live and die with your teammates. Um, and you're, you're all in with them. Um, so, yeah, he's someone I've spent a lot of time getting punched and punching. So, yeah, he, of course he's happy for me. Um, you know, we win as a team, lose as a team. Did his range any specific threat to you that you felt? No, not really. No, I did a good job at um, controlling distance, 
Uh, I never moved backwards. I took a couple steps backwards, so I'll give him credit in that that regard. But no, I really just, um, you know, I worked on being patient with my with my punches, but not with my feet. I'm never going to stop pressuring people. I, you know, you will, you either go in there, understand what you have to go through, or you know, you are just out of your out of your realm because I will pressure you and you will have to fight my fight. It's impossible to not fight my fight when you fight me. Um, Dustin and Eddie did a great job at fighting my fight. Um, dug deep, savvy veterans. Um, and I'd love to get both of those back. I guess I want to talk to your confidence level. Um, is it, would you say it's back to where you were when you're undefeated or did it never drop off after your two losses? Yeah, I mean, I'm human. Um, we're all, you have to understand, like, like I said, I'll say it, you know, again, the human brain, um, you know, you have to, you have to control your thought process. It's so easy to let negative thoughts overcome the positives, but, you know, I've worked hard since I was four years old. I represent my family. I represent my friends and the people that believe in me. And uh, no, I was never not confident in um, my ability to represent them. And that's what I went out there and did. After your fight with Dustin, you said you might have about five fights left. Are you still thinking about four now? I said five wars. That doesn't count. <laughs> so five left still. Five wars. All right. Yep. Sign up, boys. All right. So a very happy Justin Gaethje there sharing uh, his thoughts afterwards. A um, couple important things he said there. Uh, first of all, of course, he said, you know, he expects to get a meeting with the UFC. And, and, and I like the fact that he said, look, it's not that I'm unhappy with the UFC, but um, you know, I think they should pay me all my money up front. So I think, you know, what you're hearing him say is, I, I just want a guaranteed deal. I don't want show money and win money. You know, I want a guaranteed deal um, so that I know exactly what I'm making every time out. And and it's hard not to say that the guy deserves it, right? I, I mean, name a boring Justin Gaethje fight. It's going to be a good fight no matter who it's against. So to give him show money and then win money versus just giving him a guaranteed deal, I think he's got a fair point. I mean, you're telling me he doesn't deserve all the pay that he could potentially be paid for that fight with Eddie Alvarez, for that fight with Dustin Poirier? The guy's got a good point, man. He, he really does. And, you know, for him to say he can be the, the case study to show other people, like, hey, guys in the UFC, if you want to get paid guaranteed money, this is how you fight. I, I got to say, man, I, I think it's a fair request. I mean, there's other people that have all their money guaranteed. Now, usually you're talking about champions and, you know, long-time veterans or whatever, but I don't think he's going to be around for a long time. So what he says is true. He needs to collect all the money he can. So um, I thought that was interesting, and, and I think he's got a real point there. And, again, he did stress, like, it's not like I'm upset with the UFC. I'm not, but I want to go talk. I don't want to see if we can make this happen. So it is interesting. Um Somebody brought up a great question. You know, you said you had five left, and, and of course you heard him say, no, I said I had five wars left. That doesn't count, um, which is fair play to him. That You know, that there wasn't a whole bunch of damage done there. Of course, the damage is done at camp. But you know, so good to hear him say that, that he's not limiting himself to just five more fights. Uh, he's saying five more wars. So that was interesting. And when he said he wanted some time off, I don't know if you could, if you can hear clearly, but the, the, the six months figure came from Ali Abdelaziz. His manager was standing behind us. Um, and he was the one that yelled out, uh, you know, six six months. And then so I posed that to, to Justin. He didn't necessarily seem like that was the, the, the right amount of time. But, you know, I, I think, he, as he said, he definitely deserves some time off. So um, interesting stuff there, man. And, and by the way, I almost – I guess I used the wrong word when I said – I didn't mean staggered. I, I don't know what the right word I should have used is when he got kicked in the liver. 
Um, there, there's a moment where it just looks like he pauses for a second. I mean, you know what the liver shot does. It it shuts down the body, and it looked like it was like, oh, like just got a little bit of it, but not all the way to, to turn the lights off. So um, I guess I used the wrong word there, but it was funny because, you know, when he said, have you been hitting the liver? And I, I, The first thing that came to mind was to tell him that, you know, my liver gets tested on a near daily basis, uh, but – I decided that, that we wouldn't do that because <laughs> I still couldn't tell if he was being in good spirits about it or not, man. I can't tell if he's got a chip on his shoulder with me or not. But uh, either way, man, congratulations to Justin Gaethje. Co-main event, Michael Johnson picked up a hard-fought win over Andre Feely. This was a big, big win for Michael Johnson. I got to say, um, I don't know that I scored it for him. You know, I was not doing our play-by-play tonight. I was, I was in the back. So I actually watched part of this fight from cage side and part of it from a television monitor in the back. Um, and, and I thought the fight was incredibly, incredibly close. Um, but I thought Michael Johnson won the first round, and I thought Andre Feely won rounds two and three. Um, again, I thought it was a very, very close fight. Uh, and so I, I don't necessarily have a problem with the decision, so to say. Um but I, I don't know, that second round to me, I mean, I understand that Michael Johnson finished the round on top. I, I do, and, and I do think that he showed great character in, in battling through a troublesome spot. I mean, this was a repeat scenario of Darren Elkins, right? Because uh, I thought Michael Johnson won the first round. Now, not, not handily. I mean, it was, even that was a close round. Uh, so I... It, I, but I thought he showed great character to fight through it. You know, he, he battled through the choke, and, and it looked like some some tight moments. Was able to spin through, get on top, and then I felt like, you know, he he definitely landed some punches from the position. But then he was defending an armbar to close the round. So I don't know. I I, I don't want to take away from Michael Johnson. I, I, of course, this is such a big win for him. And man, he he just seems to me to be one of those guys that's way more talented than his record indicates. And uh, deserving of a win, you know, and, and happy to see him get it. But it was close, man. It was close. And, and I don't think I would have had much of a problem if that fight had gone the other way. I, I think watching it, and I'm going to have to watch it again, I thought rounds two and three for Andre Feely. Gutted for Andre Feely, too. I know he felt this was a big moment, you know, to kind of turn a corner in his career, start getting some consistent results and, and – um, Man, he was beside himself as he left the cage. He was shocked. I think he was definitely convinced he had, he had done enough to, to, to win the fight. And of course, you know, he, he did have one one card uh, go his way. In fact, 30 to 27 his way. Um, but the other two judges had uh, Michael Johnson winning rounds one and two. And again, I, I had Michael Johnson winning round one. I That round two, I just... I, Andre was on the back for a long time, and that choke was a good choke. So I don't know. I, I think I'm a little surprised on that one. I, I don't necessarily uh, hate it for Michael Johnson, man. I know, I know how bad he wanted this win, and um, you know what a, what a terrible spot he would have been in had he lost again. And uh, and he was very aware of that as well. But hard not to feel for Andre Feely. This was a very very close fight, and. Um, you know, to get one card 30 to 27 and then to still lose the fight on the other two has got to be tough. So, uh, but props to Michael Johnson. He, uh, he got dressed up in a nice suit after the win and, and he came back and talked to us and, and talked about, uh, how he felt about his performance.
Well, Michael, I mean, you were you were open about you know how difficult the, the stretch was. So I mean, now that you kind of got the monkey off your back, you you, you got this win. How, how's it feeling right now? It feels great. You know what I mean. But at the same time, it's um. It was like I had all the break or all the the bricks on my chest, and getting a win like that just pushed it a little bit off, you know, just a little bit. You know, we're still in this corner, and um, we still gotta follow that win up with an even better performance, you know. So I have to get back to my coaches. I gotta get back training, working on little mistakes that I made in the, this fight, and um, just get better, you know. Like I said, um. Iron Jake put on a great fight. You know, he's a tough competitor, and we um, had a good 15 minutes. You know, I was um, surprised by his length, you know, how far he was able to keep it going. But a little, a little break, and now, and now we're back. So I, I got a little relief. Very nice. I wonder, you know, there was a moment where he got to your back and he's hunting the choke. And I don't know, it was interesting because in one way, I wondered if you thought, oh, man, here we go again. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> but then were you also kind of proud of yourself to know, you know, I mean, you, you talked about it, focusing and not ever making, you know, letting go. That You were able to battle through it. So did that kind of did you take some pride in that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I didn't get in that position on purpose, you know, but I'm glad in a sense I got in that position because it showed um, the work that we've been putting in for the last months in the gym and that was a weak spot in my game and now he got it on me and we were able to work out of it we stayed calm and composed and um it was tight you know he was putting a lot of pressure on my back and um we just had to play the waiting game not make any mistakes and you know reverse it and I think that's what won me the fight you know getting back up and finishing the second round on top and um you know fighting out of those bad positions keeping my feet moving you know he got me to the ground but you know I was able to reverse him and um keep the fight going and standing it was, I mean, it was a tightly contested fight, man. There's no doubt about it. I mean, were you kind of, were you and your team kind of adding up the rounds? What, what did you think, man? No, man, we don't do that. You know, that's one good thing about me and my team, you know, is we don't add up rounds. You know, my coaches don't come in and tell me, you won that round and this or that. No, you know, my coaches keep it really specific and um, we know exactly what we got to do. You know, regardless if they think I won the round or lost the round, they're never going to tell me. You know, um, I'm a veteran in the game. I've been around for a long time, so I know how the fight goes. My, I'm able to, to judge the fight based off of what I did. So, um, you know, we just stayed at tight. And uh, coming out of the third, I knew I had the win. You know, um, I didn't get hit much in the fight. You know, he only landed the head kicks, and um, he didn't follow up. They didn't do any damage or anything like that. And, um, you know, I landed more, and I think I kept the pressure, and that's what won me the fight. What, what was your emotion going there? Because at the, at the weigh-ins yesterday, you guys, you guys got up in each other's faces. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, was there, like, anger? Was this, like, a grudge match to you, or, or did you have to put that aside? Um, no, no grudge match you know I put it aside like I said I'm a professional and um, it's all business you know what I mean I got a little uh, raise out of him in the way ends which is what I wanted to do you know I wanted him to come in aggressive but you know he kept his composure he didn't but at the same time um he knew my game plan and he didn't really want to stay in the pocket with me he did a lot of good movements but um we got the win you know and that's that's the big thing about it and the last thing for me what do you think should come next? Because it was interesting. You were very respectful, right? You said, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm in no position to be <laughs> making any call-outs or anything like that. So, but, but what do you think should come next? I mean, yes, you had the losses, but they were to the absolute you know, best in the business. So yeah. you know, what, what do you think should come next for you? Um, a top competitor. You know, somebody that's top is going to put me back in the top five. You know, somebody that's going to put me back in title contention. You know, that's what I want. Like I said, um, I'm one of the best guys in the world to step in that cage. You know, Philly put in a great fight, but when it's all said and done, I am one of the best guys to ever step foot in that cage in the featherweight or the lightweight division. And now I'm starting to show that. And now I'm getting back to the vintage Michael Johnson. And um, it's going to be a great, a great turnaround to come back and chase that title.
So it's 145 where uh, the menace is going to stay now? For now, yeah, yeah, we're definitely going to do another one at 145. You know, I felt really good. Um, the weight cut went very smooth. I put on some extra pounds going in there. And um, the big thing for me is if I could have kept moving and stayed focused and kept my strength through 15 minutes. So I'm glad me and Andre Philly put on a full three-round fight. I know what my body can go through now after cutting that weight. And, um, hey, the rest is history. I'm ready to make my full run again. Did you get a chance to see Gaethje's knockout? No, I was taking pictures, but I heard about it. The crowd went wild, and um, you know I'm happy for him. You know, um, you know, um, we had our little differences, but you know we're, we're still we're we're cool. And um, I told him good luck before he went out there, and um, you know I'm glad to see him going there, going to win. You know, congratulations to him. So if it's up to you, when would you like to get back in the cage? ASAP. Um, you know me. Everybody knows me. I love fighting. Um, there's an Argentina car November 17th. I love going out of the country and fighting and seeing places I haven't seen before. So um, if the UFC could put me on that card against anybody, hey, you know, book that flight and let's go. <laughs> awesome. All right, so there you go. The menace picking up a much-needed win there. Um, I do like the fact that he's, you know, fairly humble about it, says, listen, I, uh, I'm i not in any position to be calling anybody out. You know, I, I, I am going to continue this run at 45. But, you know, as he said, this this was probably one of those big moments for him personally to, to kind of believe in yourself and to gain some confidence back in yourself after um, what's been a rough stretch for him against top, top competition. But you got to get the results. And uh, tonight he was able to pick it up, man, it, it was however close it may have been. Another close one was Courtney Casey, the uh, the queen of the split decisions. My God, good fight with Angela Hill. Um, every bit the competitive fight I thought it was going to be. Uh, you know, really thought Courtney was going to have to rely on her ground game a lot more than she did. Um, but she, you know, she showed some wrinkles to to her striking and some improvements as well. Um, it, you know, this was a fun fight, and uh, and 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 they both went after it. You know, Courtney. Uh, and, and Angela both, you know, I think they're incredibly talented fighters. Uh, again, two fighters who, whose record I don't think indicates the quality of fighter that they are. And this was a good fight. And then for it to come down to the end, and this is another tough one, man, where, where you're just watching and you're like, oh, how are the judges seeing this one? So I, it's, it's one of those ones that, as they went to line up, you fully expected to, uh, for it to be a split decision, to be honest with you, it was that type of fight. And I got to think from from Courtney Casey's point of view, man, just sitting there listening to that read uh, of another split decision had to be excruciating. And uh, this time it did go her way. Uh, did talk to her briefly. It was interesting because, you know, if, if – if, um, after the call out, well, I'll just you know what it's not that long of a clip. I'll just let you hear it. So basically, you know, if if you notice after the call out, she called out Mackenzie Dern, um, and and I shouldn't say call out, but she said that that would be a fight that should be worth taking. That did stand out to me because remember, um, Mackenzie Dern trained alongside of her not all that long ago. Now she's since no longer with the team. Uh, she's training out in California now, I believe. Um, but uh, I, I did find that a little bit interesting, so I, I did want to clarify that. So um, let's hear from a, a, a victorious Courtney Casey. How, how <laughs> gut-wrenching was it to sit up there and like, listen to another God. split decision read? Like, I what, know. What was the emotion like? It, it was all right. This time, you know, it was, it was, it was all right. I kind of thought I did enough, um, but then again, I thought I did enough in the other ones too. But, um, yeah, I definitely thought that my striking, I, I did a lot more, implemented a lot more of my game plan, and, and definitely I think I showed a little bit more. 
Um, but yeah, every time it goes to the judges, man, my heart's just like, okay. So I just thought positive and, and really focused on um, just being staying positive and, and hoping that I got that W in and I ended up getting it. So I'm happy about that. Was there like just a sense of relief when, when it was, you know, your way? Uh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I needed that win for sure. Um, you know, coming off those two losses were a little bit rough, but yeah, I'm definitely happy to be back in the win column and, and hopefully um, hands not too banged up. Um, definitely broke it, I think, in the second round for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, hopefully I can get back in there and, and get another one in before the end of the year. Did you know at the time it was broken? Could you? Yeah, we kind of, we kind of, I kind of knew, yeah, right away when it happened that it was, it was, it was bad. So. What was the game like? Because I think, you know, a lot of people when we were looking at this fight, we thought, well, you've got to get the fight to the ground and then you're going to dominate on the ground. Um, we kind of knew that that's what she thought. You know, I, everyone kind of underestimates my striking, I feel like. Um, so we definitely wanted to keep the punch count high and push the pace, um, you know, wrestle when we needed to wrestle. And then if it went to the ground, we were going to try to capitalize that. But we knew she was scrambling. We know she scrambles. We know she she's um, she's. She's really good on that that first initial shot. She scrambles well, and we got to get her on that that transition. So that's what we tried to do. Um, but yeah, other than that, you know, we, we stuck to the game plan and, and we executed it pretty well, and we ended up getting the win this time. I know you're, you're comfortable pretty much fighting anybody, but yeah. Uh, did, did Mackenzie Dern was that a name? The, uh, former, that was a name. Yeah. Um, no disrespect. Yeah. No there? disrespect to her. I just know she's looking for a fight. Right. I just want to fight. If she if she's looking for a fight, come November, December, um, I'm ready to fight. Uh, I know Tisia just is coming off of a loss right. too. Um, I know she wants to get back in there, so I'm ready. I just want to fight again before the end of the year for sure. Um, whether it's Tisia, whether it's Mackenzie, whether it's one of these girls that have you know fights coming up in the next couple months. Um, but yeah, I definitely want to get you know. A top top ten fighter for sure. So that's not one that was like well, no, no no no. I used to take care of her. No, not at all. I have all, all the respect for Mackenzie. I know <laughs> I know a lot of people um, don't want to fight her because of who she is, um, but I do know she's looking for a fight. And if she needs a fight, I'm ready to fight. But it's not a call out or, or a bash to Mackenzie at all. I love her to death. Um, uh, but yeah, it was just more or less that she she wants she wants to fight. No one wants to fight her. And, and you guys know me. I'm I'll fight anyone anywhere, literally any place at any time. <laughs> but so you think you know, the last thing for me? You think even if the hand's broken by the end of the year is is this for thing? sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's just a hand. I got another one I can use. All right. So there you go, Courtney Casey explaining. Listen, hey, it was not a call out. I was just saying I know that she needs fights, and I I wouldn't mind fighting former teammate. Mackenzie Dern. Uh, Courtney has always fought anybody, anywhere, anytime. That is definitely true. Uh, Brian Barberina did pick up a win over Jake Ellenberger. <sighs> it's tough, man. It was a tough one. You know, the the, the, the the support for Jake Ellenberger all week long here in his, his native Nebraska um, has been awesome to see, man. The, the media was super intrigued and in following him. And uh, the, the support he got here as well uh, from the from the fan base was really really cool. Um, but Brian Barberina was just too much for him. Came out and, and you know uh, Jake, Jake just can't take a punch the way he used to. Uh, there's no question about it. And and and, and Barberina got it, got the job done. And, and it was it was you know you were happy for Barberina for sure. I mean um, mentioned earlier this week you know in, in the in the pre-fight uh, interviews. You know, he was fighting back tears, talking about the fact this was the first training camp he'd ever spent away um, from his children. And, you know, he recently moved out to Tennessee. And, you know, I heard uh, Paul Felder talking about it on the broadcast a little bit. You know, the story that we had on MMA Junkie where, he, you know, he painted his fingernails, uh, you know, with his daughter via FaceTime, you know. And, and uh, so this was an emotional night for Brian Barberina for sure. Um, but for Jake Ellenberger, he ended up retiring afterwards. And, we spoke to him, and, you know, he, he said the next step really isn't 100% certain yet. He's got a couple things, 
you know, couple couple irons in the fire, so to speak, but he doesn't necessarily know exactly what's going to come next. So he hopes he's still involved in the sport. But uh, it's crazy, man. The, 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 the decline, I guess, of Jake Ellenberger. I mean, he's still a young guy. He's still uh, uh, to, to be, and I ask fully support him in his decision to retire. And it sounds like, um, it sounds like he'll stay retired. It doesn't sound like he'll be tempted to to come back and and to to return too too quickly, as a lot of people do. But I mean, thirty three years old. That's wild. You know, it's so wild. I mean, he was a. He, he was the juggernaut, man. He did so many fantastic stoppages and fantastic fights in the UFC. And then things took a turn for the worse. And you got to support him in his decision here. I mean, this this run that he's on, um, you know, finishes at, at 2-9 and nine on his final 11 fights in the UFC. It's, it's crazy. I mean, kudos to the UFC for giving him this opportunity to fight in Nebraska. And, and I'm glad he took the opportunity to, re- to, to retire here. Uh, but, uh, yeah, just a, a, a strange range of emotions in that fight, to say the least. Uh, Devison Figueredo, speaking of emotion, uh, Devison Figueredo, uh, hopefully y- you listen to our pre-fight advice to pay attention to this kid, man. He impresses me. John Moraga is a tough son of a gun, and Devison um, was able to, to, to wipe him out, man. And uh, I, I, I think this kid is the real deal. Um his his manager Valid Ishmael um, came back and was his translator in the back. So we're we're gonna wait on uh, our own Fernando Prachas to give us an actual translation of what was said because Valid uh, tends to just kind of say what he wants to say. <laughs> Not that he changes meanings, but you know he, he he may add some things that he knows are best for his career. Um, but listen, I I talked to Valid earlier this week and and he is incredibly high on Davison and and I am too. I think this kid has a lot and. Uh, you know the only the only the only I guess the only client of Valid's I, I, I've seen him before that he was as excited about was Paulo Bohashinha, and so you know I think we're all high on Bohashinha as well, and and I can tell you that you know Valid speaks of of Devison with that same enthusiasm. So um, he spent six weeks with Team Alpha Male in Sacramento. Devison did training for this camp, and now he's actually going to move to California. Um, they said he's going to go back home after this for a couple weeks, uh, you know, iron out some, some paperwork and some affairs and stuff with his family and then move to California to, to, to train full time, to, to work with team alpha male full time and to, uh, you know, to, to learn English, um, uh, because, you know, Valid realizes that his, his guys need to learn English if they, you know, if he's doing the same thing with Bohashini as well, you know, make them practice. They, they realize that to make them more marketable, um, they need to be able to speak English and, um, but fantastic fighters and, and Valid, if you want to see the whole interview, it's up on MMA Junkie on the YouTube page and it'll be on uh, MMAJunkie.com as well. But, uh, oh, it's in the fight recap too. You can see it in the fight recap, but, um, Valid, you know, at this point he doesn't, he kind of loses, uh, some of the translating responsibilities and is basically just gushing over his client. Um, but he talks about the fact that he came from, you know, a, a very, very, tiny 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 farm basically in, in brazil you know out on an island and you know the, the fact that he's made it this far coming from nothing you know not really doing proper training until now you know just goes to show you how raw he is man you can see his power you can see his aggression um and he believes you know training with uh team alpha male is going to make him even more dangerous so uh definitely keep your eye on this kid 
Eric Anders did pick up a win to start the main card uh, out uh, over Tim Williams. Impressive finish from Eric Anders. You know, the fight itself maybe wasn't the greatest fight you've ever seen. Um, God, feeling good for Tim Williams. You know, I I, I said earlier this week, man, Tim Tim kind of struck me um, with his story. You know, the fact that he's still balancing a full-time job and chasing the stream but was able to take four weeks off. Um, of course, this you know huge underdog uh, according to the odds makers, and uh, Tim was having some moments in the fight, man. He really was, and it wasn't the most exciting thing, but that's what Tim had to do to win. And uh, he was doing all the right things, and then you know he tried he tried to stand up and just got kicked in the head. But I mean, good lord, the the, the highlight reel finish that, the timing of it to catch him right as he was trying to get up, um, just. Phenomenal stuff there from Eric Anders. And, of course, it got him a $50,000 performance bonus. Um, man, Eric Anders is, is the real deal, man. He really is. He continues to impress. He continues to be uh, somebody to keep an eye on. There's no question about it. And, uh, you know, found a way to get this done, even if it wasn't the prettiest fight of all time. He dug deep and, and found a way to, to, to still dig it out in highlight real fashion. Impressive stuff. James Krause uh, wrapped up the prelims with a knockout of Warley Alves. Uh, James Krause, man, he was he was incredibly happy with this. You know, we had that kind of in-depth conversation with him um, earlier in the week where he, where he talked about, you know, this, this move to 170 was all about quality of life and all about allowing him to enjoy himself. And, and uh, you know, he talked afterwards and said, listen, you know, even though I felt like this was the right thing, you know, there there was some concern. You know, what if I go in there and just get ragdolled around, you know, and find out I'm not powerful enough for this division. But he said, listen, I, I may not be as strong, but I still think I'm fast. I, I still think I'm athletic. Um, and, and so I think I belong at 170. And, and you know, this was a big win for him. Morley Owls, I, I know, necessarily doesn't have the reputation, I guess, or the respect maybe that I think he should have. Uh, a lot of his fights have been in Brazil. He's trying to learn English, um, but, you know, he's, he's still struggling a little bit. Um, so it's tough for him to, to do interviews for the U.S. market. Um, but this is a big win and uh, beautiful technique um, from James Krause. That, that that knee was fantastic. And then just rifling off punches on the side. I mean, even though I was never hit the ground, I don't think there's any question that the stoppage was just. So, um Incredible stuff there. Really, really big win for uh, James Krause. And he said, listen, I'm going to take a little time off now, uh, spend a little time with the family, and then we'll then we'll make a decision from there. Corey Sandhagen. Good God. This TK over win over Yuri Alcantara was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Just the – I mean, we're talking round of the year. We're talking comeback of the year. <laughs> uh I mean, just absolutely incredible. This arm bar that he was stuck in, my God, my God. And this, of course, uh, did take home the, the fight of the night bonus as well. I should say uh, Gaethje also got a $50,000 performance bonus for, for his knockout, which which rightfully so. But Corey Sandhagen stuck in this arm bar, and as, as he'll tell you, he said, I, I heard it popping. I heard it popping, like, but you're going to have to break it. You know, you're going to have to. I'm not stopping. Uh, this kid deserves all the credit in the world for his guts, man. I just blown away, man. The, the, the arm looked awful. And uh, the fact that he battled through it, and then not only battled through it, but, you know, 
was able to, to, to edge a win. As he said, you know, as soon as I battled out, he's like, I could tell Alcantara was done. And, and I think he's right. I think, first of all, I mean, that had to be frustrating as hell. Um, but, you know, he's burning a lot of energy trying to get the finish. And then when it doesn't happen, it certainly uh, takes a, a big adrenaline dump out. But then, you know, Sanhagen's still got to go back out there for the second round and, and repeat the process. And just, I mean, I think he deserves all the credit in the world. This was incredible. This was a star-making type performance. So um, if you didn't know the guy's name before, hopefully you know it now. And uh, just let's hear it from him. The guy came back there with his elbow wrapped up in a bandage. And um, <laughs> you got to see the visual. I'm going to play the audio here. Can't do it on a podcast. But make sure you go to the website. There's, I mean, his left eye is beat up. I mean, Alcantara was just pounding him with, with punches as well. And the dude's eyes all beat up. There's blood running down his nose right before, or in fact, right before I turned the camera on. He said, uh, he said, I'm going to, I'm going to try to pretend like I look okay for this interview and, uh, you know, help the ego a little bit. So, I mean, he knew he looked rough, um, but geez, what a performance. This is a course Anakin. Obviously, one hell of a fight, man. Uh, I mean, you could probably start spending your bonus money now. So, I uh, hope so, man. <laughs> how are you feeling after that, man? That was that was a battle. Uh, I knew I knew Yuri was going to be wild in the beginning. I knew that we were going to have to weather some storms. Um, I wanted to do better, but I want to do better even in the fights where I do really well. So uh, I I went into that fight telling myself I'm not losing this fight. I do not care. Um, so when he had me in that, I didn't matter to me. I felt it pop. I felt it break. Uh, it didn't matter to me. I wasn't going to lose. So that we see the arm wrapped up right now. And obviously, we were all back here grimacing as, as, <laughs> as the thing was applied. I mean, what's going through your mindset? I mean, I know you say, hey, I'm, I'm not going to lose. But, I mean, you've got to be in severe pain at that moment. No. What? No, no, no pain. Um, I just didn't want to get choked. He, he was about to have a triangle if I rolled the either one way too far or the other, or the other way too far. Um, and I mean, I, I, if I get choked, I get, I get put out and that means I really lose. I, I can deal with the arm being straight and popping, but I just didn't want to get choked. Uh, so I was more so watching for that. When I got on top, I knew he had nothing left and uh, the bell rang. I didn't know how much time was left. Uh, my coaches told me he's done. He's done. All I had to do was go out and finish him. And, um, that's what happened, man. I know you're probably going to have to get some testing done or whatever, but do we know what the condition of the of uh, is? It's not messed up. Uh, it, I mean, it's, it popped and it went straight, but the, it's not broken. Um, I've broken my elbows before, and uh, it's definitely not broken. Or I don't want to say definitely, but hopefully it's not broken. <laughs> uh, we'll see, man. I don't care, dude. Like, like, I come into fights being like, this is my car that I can total. And I'm, if the car gets totaled, the car gets totaled. I'm just going to walk out with my hands up. I don't care. So no ligament damage or anything? I don't know, dude. We'll see. I don't know. Hopefully not. <laughs> So you get through that crazy first round, right? A lot of people saying like round of the year. Yeah, cool. You got to go back Heck out yeah. for round two. You know what I mean? Yeah. You got to go back out for round two. What What did you guys talk about between rounds? I mean, what, what, what was your mindset going to? Because they said he's done, but I mean, were you kind of tired? I, as well? I was very tired, but I'm not losing, man. I went. I came into this fight. I am not losing this fight. I was tired, but dude, I come from elevation. It's like, I mean, I, I was tired, but I, I know, I know where my end point is, and I wasn't near my end point, so I knew that I could finish him. Um, I just listened to my coaches, man. Just, just punch. All they said, <laughs> just throw punches. Just throw punches. Pick and pull. <laughs> Pick and pull. But when I was on top, just throw punches. 
you know so very nice the last thing for me i mean obviously this this is going to be on on highlights yeah, your name cool. is going to get some attention so so what do you want to do next i mean do you have to kind of wait and see what condition you're in or, or do you have a are you looking at a card are you looking at a, a you know an opponent anything that makes sense for you one more this year uh i would like to be on a big card where i can really get my name out there um this was a big one for me my name will be out there now i believe um I want I want on a big card with some big names, uh, maybe at the end of the year in December. I don't think anything before that, though. How many stitches did you end up with? I think three on the left eye, one on the nose. Yeah. But a heart full of gold, man, and hopefully a pocket full of cash. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you feel that uh, the ref took a long time to stop the fight? Did you hope that he would stop it sooner? I coached him a little bit. Uh, I don't know if I should say this or not, but uh, I was on top, punching him, punching him, punching him. He wasn't defending. I mean, he was defending himself, but not not enough to my standard of defending yourself. Um, I looked at the ref. I said, "Hey, he's really hurt. He's really hurt. He's not doing anything." Uh, my coaches told me to throw big shots. I threw a few big shots, and then the ref called it. Man, that 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 one will that one will be on some high rows. That's gonna be that's gonna be some year-end award stuff, man. That was an epic. Epic fight. Uh, Andrew Sanchez also picked up a Nemesis win over Marcus Perez. Um, Andrew Sanchez, uh, you know, fought a good fight here and uh, and had to gut it out against a, a very tough Marcus Perez, uh, who's, who's somebody I think is still going to be a factor in division. The guy's just exciting. Um, and, and Andrew Sanchez said, listen, man, this was this was important for me, man. It had been so long since I won. Um, and, and admitted, you know, you, when you go through those losing streaks, you start to doubt yourself a little bit. And said the biggest thing was staying controlled, you know, and, 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 you know, making sure you execute the right way, even while Marcus Perez was being kind of wild and trying to turn it into a brawl. So um, big win for Andrew Sanchez. Big win as well for Mickey Gall, who uh, just needed 69 seconds to steamroll George Sullivan. Uh, impressive stuff there, man. I, I told you going in, I, I still am high on Mickey Gall, man. I think this kid's the real deal. I know he had a rough loss the last time out, but – um, man, you see moments like that, you see real flashes of brilliance. Um, and I, I think he's the real deal, man. So, uh, the, man, the, the, I mean, just steamrolled through George Sullivan. And kind of cool, you know, if you didn't hear the, the pre-fight, um, Mickey Gall actually had a lot of respect for George Sullivan. I uh, said, listen, you know, George Sullivan was a, a champion in the regional stage where I grew up. So as I was kind of making my way up, uh, you know, I, I watched him, you know, and he was somebody that I looked up to. So, you know, a real kind of a – passing of the torch so to speak for Mickey Gall even if most people didn't see it that way you know he definitely did so he had nothing but respect for him um, but he said look th this is what I'm capable of so good stuff I did ask him afterwards about his call outs I'm like why did you call Diego Sanchez when he's already got a fight booked and he's like well yeah but the fight's September 8th that's not that far away he's like so you know I think basically he's like I don't care if he wins or loses like that's a legend I just want to fight Diego Sanchez so um, that was interesting, and then you know he he did say he'd love to run it back with Randy Brown, and he did say since I'm asking to run it back with Randy Brown, then you know I, I got to be willing to 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 offer up the same uh, you know for somebody else, and so that's why he said he'd how did he call Sage Northcut Sage Sage Corncut or Cornnut or something anyway he's you know he's like look if I'm asking to run it back I got to be I got to give it up to somebody else to run it back so that was his explanation for why he called out. Uh, a person he'd already beat and uh, a person who already <laughs> has a fight booked. Uh, Joanne Calderwood also picked up a great submission win over Kalinda Fajia. Um, you know, we talked to Joanne going in and she said, listen, 
you know, I've made sacrifices. I've made changes. I've done so much uh, to get here. And then immediately she gets taken down. I mean, immediately. And she spins her entire first round of back. And it's like, man, you know, she's she's basically uprooted her life. She's she's in Vegas now, uh, training at Syndicate, spending a lot of time at the, at the UFC Performance Institute. Um, and, and, you know, she, she needed this result. You know, she had a couple losses. She needed this result. And this was the most unlikely way possible. I don't think anybody saw her winning by submission. But here she did. I mean, beautiful, beautiful technique. It was absolutely beautiful technique. Um, quick transition with the hips. It's just perfect. Perfect stuff. And, and I know this win meant a lot. You can see the emotion. Um, and, and immediately she, she went over to McMahon and said, you know, I want to I want to book another fight again real quick. So um, big, big win for Joanne Calderwood. And and listen, how can you not want to hear from Joanne Calderwood? I, I <laughs> still owner of one of the greatest voices in in all of mixed martial arts. And this opening quote that she gives might have been my favorite quote of 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 anybody uh, in the night. It was a uh, it was pretty solid. So so here's here, here is this, and be sure and listen to the answer to her first question. Well, congratulations on the victory. Uh, aren't, you, aren't you supposed to be a striker? Yeah, I am a striker, but when all these bitches are trying to take me down, I was like, fuck, I better get better at my <laughs> jiu-jitsu, and yeah, so now I'm well-rounded. <laughs> Very nice. Talk about first uh, the flyweight, how you felt tonight. You know, pre-fight we talked, you said, look, I'm smiling, I'm feeling better. Did you feel physically any different going in there tonight? Physically, I felt so, this is the best I've felt through my whole career, and I've been fighting for 14 years. Uh, I'm so grateful for finally finding this path and being able to fight in this division. I just feel like I'm going to grow even more as a fighter. And yeah, I felt great. My weight cut went perfect. My whole camp, I was healthy, no injuries. Uh, yeah, and today has just been, everything's went smoothly. Talk about as the fight was playing. I mean, she got to take down very, very early in the fight. You know, you're on your back for, for almost the entire first round. What was going through your head at that time? I mean, was there frustration or, or you know, anything like that? What was going through your mind? Yeah, because I honestly saw this fight as fight of the night, like sh two strikers standing in front of each other, just biting down the gum shields and throwing leather. But, yeah. It did cross my mind one part in the the camp, and I was like, "Yeah, she could fucking just come in here and take me down." But didn't cross my mind until, oh shit, I'm on my back and in, in, in the fight, and yeah, so yeah. But it's an MMA fight, and she's looking for the win as much as me, so uh, she was looking to take it to the ground. Well, it was certainly a beautiful finish. I mean, is that something that you had practiced or worked on, or, or thought you know you might need to use tonight? It's Syndicate MMA, we're practicing everything, we're doing everything MMA related for, so I feel like my Jiu-Jitsu has improved so much and uh, yeah, John Wood is just a glue to put everything together and I felt so much more confident and yeah, it's probably from that and uh, yeah, I just saw it and I took it and I was listening to my corner man, so. Nice. Can you say how important this was to you? I mean, you talked about the sacrifices, the changes, you know, everything that you did and everything that you did for preparation. But if you go out there and you don't get the result, I mean, I don't have to think at all. It feels like it's for nothing. So, I mean, how important was it for you to get this win? It was so important because I'm... I, I've just kept on failing and failing and, you know, it's, it gets disheartening and I never, like, 
you always it always goes through your mind, fuck, this is the end, or you should give up and all that. But the fact that I've, I, yeah, I took some time out, but I grew, grew as a person and a fighter, and it's just so great to see the finally the results after, I mean, like I say, 14 years of fighting, <laughs> finally found the the solution to being more successful. Nice. And last thing for me, did Mick or anybody else give you any indication if uh, if they can get you booked again before the end of the year? Well, I went down there and I was, I don't think I was on my knees, but I was uh, praying and I said to him, so at least it's in his, his mind and I've got a great support behind me. All my fans are wonderful and uh, they've always got my back, so I'm pretty sure I will have one before the end of the year. How, how important was it uh, for you? Well, we saw you on social media very relaxed through all this camp. Um, how important was it for you uh, to feel comfortable during the camp? You know, like all my camps, I've always had something and it's the same for all the fighters out there. Uh, you know, there's always something, but you have to stay strong and not get disheartened. But when you're like failing and not getting the results that you want, like it's so hard, but uh, I just felt this camp, everything's went smoothly and I'm just grateful and I know like the next camp could maybe something I could get injured or something could happen but uh, I think the biggest thing is my mindset's changed and I'm trying to see the positive in everything, even uh, in my past and my, my training before so yeah just trying to see the positive even if it's uh, negative. All right, Drew Dober also picked up a, a unanimous decision win over John Tuck. Solid performance by Dober. Uh, I know I know Tuck was incredibly disappointed. Uh, Dober was was happy. You know he's he's, he's from Nebraska, um, so it was cool for him. He you know he did say, look, I'm not going to overemphasize the coolness of this. It was just a, to me another fight, another win. You know what I have to do, but. Um, good performance by Drew Dober. He said, listen, I, I can beat anybody in the world. I know it, and I wanted to show him. And then Hani Yaya opened the night with a submission win over Luke Sanders. Hani Yaya, just 91 seconds to get the heel hook. Uh, man, again, you know, he's a specialist. No question about it, but he is damn good at what he does. So uh, you just can't grapple with that guy, man. you got to keep him away from him. you got to strike them. And, and he said, listen, I'm just finally getting to where I, I know I can be. You know, I'm with American Top Team now. I'm not overtraining. I'm 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 taking advice. I'm listening to people. Um, you know, it's 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 cool to see. And he called out um, T.J. Dillashaw and said, "Looks, I, I want to shot the title now." That's not going to happen. All right, let's just be honest. He's not going to shot at T.J. Dillashaw. But I like the fact that he's making a little noise, right? I mean, you have to make noise and. And Hani has always been just a very quiet, humble, go-about-your-business kind of guy. But you got to make a little bit of noise if you want your shot in this business. And, and then, so kudos to him for, for just saying, hey, listen, I'm, I'm at least going to throw it out there. And, you know, I also asked him, there's a lot of a lot of Brazilians in those Bantamweight rankings. And, you know, asked him, hey, are, are you willing to fight those? Because a lot of times Brazil Brazilians don't like to fight other Brazilians. I and mean, we've heard that a lot. I mean, Heck, even Amanda Nunes uh, said it at one point about you know fighting Chris Cyborg. Like I, you know, I don't like Brazilians fighting Brazilians, but you know, if it's what we gotta do, it's what we gotta do. Um, but Hani was like, Nah, listen, I don't care. You know, this isn't the World Cup. You know, we're not playing on each other's teams or something like that. You know, he's subsides. You know, two two high level Brazilians facing off with each other. What's wrong with that? Maybe that's good for the Brazilian fans to see two high level guys fighting. So he said, I'll, I'll fight any of them, whatever whatever it takes. So. Kudos to him, man, and uh, 
man, just this card. I thought start to finish, man, was incredibly entertaining. It, it, it really was good. We also had some uh, fantastic guest fighters as well, chiefly among them Brian Ortega. And the timing worked out perfect. You know, I'd, I'd been seeing Brian here all week, and we had talked about, hey, let's get together, let's make sure. And it was like, well, I'm running here, I'm running there. Okay, okay, okay. Um, but it worked out great, you know, because the timing worked out where we were able to to get his fight reported. And and um, while he said, listen, I haven't signed the contract yet, so it's not official, so I can't say it's official. You know, he'd say, listen, we've we've got the call, and um, you know, we we this is this is what the plan is. And so because of that, you know, we he was able to talk about everything. So I think the timing worked good. I think we got more information out of him tonight than we would have maybe earlier in the week. So I'm kind of proud of the way that worked, but. Um, I figured you guys probably want to hear him. We also we, we had Megan Anderson come back. Uh, we had Marcia Allen, who's uh, on the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, and we also had Anthony Smith as well, which was great to catch up with him, man. So happy to see his success. He's a Nebraska guy. Uh, so look for all those on MMA Junkie. But I figured, hey, podcast listeners, you probably want to hear from Mr. Ortega as well. So uh, here's what T-City had to say. Ryan, we've uh, we've seen the reports out there. I don't know if, if, if yeah, I've seen them too, it. man. MMA Junkie posted something up. I was like, okay, <laughs> beat me to the punch. Well, I was gonna say, are you, are you able to talk about me? Is it official yet? No, nothing's still? official, man. Till I trust me. Till I'm always the kind of guy. Till I sign the contract, I, I'm the first one to post it out there. But there's ears in the game who hear things, you know. And uh, and yeah, it's true. We got we got the call, and they offered us to fight in December. Um, I said yes. I'm not too sure exactly where they're. I think they're pushing for Toronto. Um, so we're just—it's just up in there. December's up in the air, and um, I'm sure Max received the same call. I haven't heard anything from his side yet, but um, it's gonna, yeah. it looks like it's going to happen. It looks like it's going to happen. If it does, I mean, if that ends up being the date, are you okay with that date, that location? I mean, does that work for you? The date and location work for me. Um, the only thing is, I don't. I heard Canada has like a, a law where felons can't come in. So I don't know how the homies from the hood are gonna come out and make it. So, uh, so that might be a situation. You know, what I'm saying I got some family members who, who who might not be able to make it, but um, but, but <laughs> coach telling me to stop. Just gotta keep it real. Um, so we gotta see. You know, what I'm saying because that that kind of sucks. Yeah. Now that the, the whole thing with 226 is in the background, I wonder kind of what your your feelings like. You know, it seemed like there was like some rough days with the UFC, and then you guys worked it out. So, how do you feel about that all now? And like, what what lessons did you take out of it? Honestly, I feel like everything planned out exactly how I seen it in my head. You know, everyone now the world sees why I didn't take the fight with Jeremy Stevens. I'm not trying to put down him or nothing, man. I'm I'm gonna just I'm gonna stay humble and keep it classy, man. Um. But that's the reason. I just didn't want to fight backwards. It wasn't the fact that I was afraid. It wasn't this. You know, to the fans, the real fans that, that appreciate the game, understand that it's okay, man. I'm sorry. We're going to be patient. But now look, now we're going to give you guys a show that you deserve in December. And that might have worked out better, you know. The, the, the whole thing played out. You know, it, uh, it, it sucked in the beginning, I'm not going to lie, to, to work so hard for so long. and. and Given the fact that this was going to be the biggest fight of my life, I really gave it my whole, my, my entire all. And for it to be taken two days away from me sucked, but I understood what was going on with Max. At the end of the day, I don't want to fight Max if he's unhealthy. I want I want to fight a full-on, angry, healthy, crazy Max that he's going to be because that's, what, that's, what, that's what's going to challenge me. 
as a fighter, it's going to challenge me. It's going to bring out the best of me. Then I'm going to bring out the best of him. And at the end of the day, the fans get the best show. Yeah, no. And uh, and like I said, man, whatever happens up to God. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's God's will, whoever wins. But um, I feel like I've earned my shot. I finished every single opponent up to date. Um, whether they like it or not, the way I finished it or how the style it is, the fact is that I finished everyone who, the, who they put in front of me. And I've just been able to to keep working that way, you know, earn, earn my shot through Frankie. I appreciate the fact that he took the fight on short notice. Um, it was three weeks, not two days, guys. But, uh, yeah, you know. Have you had a chance to talk to Max at all through any of this? No, not at all, man. Last I heard, he's in Hawaii hanging out a little bit. I think he knows that he's healthy again. So he might just, you know, let off a little bit of steam and then get back to work. What's your plan? I mean, obviously now that we we looks like we've got a date, I mean, you said it. You, you got yourself in peak physical condition, ready. Yeah. What's what's the plan? Do you do you have to be careful not to overtrain? Do you, what, what? No, every, everything worked perfect. You know, um, the fight the fight fell through. Um, I benched out for like two weeks. Got a little bit sad, you know, cake and ice cream and everything. Um, and then after John came to town and, and we finished this camp, so it just it kind of motivated me to stay motivated me to stay back in shape, keep training um, up to this date. And then now his fight's over with. Now we go back and maybe take, who knows, you know? I, I don't really want to break the body down because I've been super active for for about a year and a half now. So <laughs> the body's holding up, everything's good to go. I think I'll just rest a little bit and then um, then go all hard and go all in for, for this fight. What do you think, I mean, God forbid something happens again or Max's health doesn't hold up, I mean, would you be okay with like an interim title fight or something like that, or do you do you want to wait for Max? I mean, if something happens, so I don't want to don't want to throw the bad energy out there, but I guess where's you the wood at? Where's yeah. the wood at? <laughs> yeah, knock out some wood. <laughs> I mean, do you need to have like a like a backup fighter ready to go, like they're doing at the in the welterweight division right now, or you know, what, what do you think? Do you know what? I um, I want the real title. Uh, you know, I don't know how I, I can't express it enough that I want to fight for the real title, interim title, from what I've seen. You know what I'm saying? I don't have to say much words, you know? People get it and then they take it away from in a month. I just, I just don't want to be that person. I have nothing against them who, who earned their shot and, and took a fight on short notice to get that. All my respect to them. But I want something that can they cannot take away from me. At least the UFC can't. If someone's going to take it from me, it's going to have to be an opponent. And that's what I want. Considering the way <clears throat> 226 happened, is there anything in the back of your mind that that kind of worries you that Halloween might fall out again? I keep hearing things that he's having a hard time making weight. Um, I just hope he's able to make weight. We got enough time. You know, if, if it was the fact that we took the fight on two months, now we have three. So, you know, let, let's let's get the diet right. Let's get this let's get this going, um, and let's let's get you safely to 145, so we can make this happen. If if yeah, God forbid something happens and I don't know, that's not my part, you know. My my part is to show up there, uh, on weight, do my media stuff, and then and fight for the fans. And uh, you know, if God forbid did something, if something did was to happen, the only fight you would take just to read it would be for the official title. If they strip Max and put you against someone else. Doesn't matter who it is, yeah. Whoever has a belt and there's no belt, whoever had to fight to get the belt. Um, but that's not gonna happen. Max is gonna make it. Don't say that. <laughs> you and Dana are good now after you're met. <laughs> yeah, man, we talked it up. I seen him in LA. I was like, "What's up, man? You good or what?" And then he's like, "I'm good. You good?" I go, "I'll be all right. We're good." 
and then shook hands and that was it. Um, I get emotional, you know, and, and for me to put so much time in and something like that happened and I felt like I was thrown under the bus and everything, it sucked, man, because I didn't do it. I felt like I didn't do anything wrong. If anything, I've been doing everything to try to please the promotion. I'm like, you guys called me for six days on Khabib, I took it. You guys called me for Frankie on three weeks, I took it. You guys called me back in the day, two weeks for Tavares, I took it. I, you know, it's never been a fear thing. It's never been that, that I'm not a, I'm a company man, you know, but at the same time, Every step that I've, I've taken was a strategic uh, step, even if it was on short weeks. If you really want it bad enough, you'll take it on short weeks, and that's what I did. Then I earned my title shot, and I just didn't want something to happen like what happened to Frankie. Granted, like I said, it was he took it on three weeks. I've done fights on three weeks. Um, two days is different, you know, while you're cutting weight and all these things. It's just, and you have a secure shot. Why go backwards and fight someone for a, a belt, an uh, interim belt, all right? So. That's the way I approached it. Do you feel you're good with the result now? You feel I'm good with everything, man. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, that's why I showed up to the UFC 226. I showed up with my head high just to let the world know I'm not ashamed of what I did or my decision. And, and the people understand. They'll understand. If the fans were upset, December, I got you guys. I'll make it up. What do you expect? If you get 100% Max Holloway, we get 100% Brian Ortega, what kind of, what kind of fight are we going to see? It's a fight of the year. At the top of the year off, you know, I, I, you got two guys. I said this before. This fight, has, I'm a fan of, of him as well, right? I'm a fan of the sport. This is the fight. We he fought Aldo, I fought Frankie. We fought two veterans, right? And now we have two hungry guys who are young at the top of the game. One's a belt, and one's undefeated and knocking at that, trying to take that from him. Um, who's been finishing everyone? So I'm not trying to get a decision. So. I don't have to say much, you know. Being a fan of the sport, do you, you envision this is the first time that you and Holloway are going to... No, we're going to see each other more. Yeah, we're going to... I just... I don't see myself retiring soon. Um, and I don't see him retiring soon. And we've already knocked everyone off the ladder to get to where we are. So I said it. We are going to fight at 45, and we might fight at 55. Who knows? He's a big boy. I'm a big boy, too. He eats la la, I eat carne asada. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so <laughs> that's how it is. So you kind of accept the 55s in your future at some point? Like it has to be. I mean, Matt, I think Max has always said, look, I know I can't make featherweight forever. You, you feel like you're in that same boat? No, I can make featherweight. Um, I've been, believe it or not, I've actually been kind of all right with my diets. No more jack in the box, no more stuff like that during camps. I've stuck to the plan. It's helped me perform better, as you've seen. Um, so I'll be all right with making 45. I have a couple fantasy fights in my head that, that I have to just kind of see if I can get and then see if I can make it happen. Like I said, at the end of the day, once, I, once you know, my goal is to get the belt and once that happens, now let's just fight for fun. You know, like, like the crazy fights, like the, the fights that people are going to, you know what I'm saying? The super fights. That's my next goal after that. And defend it as well. I can stay active. You got any names on the list you want to reveal or you got to get the belt first? He's, they're, they're busy right now, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. Do you guys mind if I ask him some of the same questions but in Spanish, just like one or two? Sure, of I don't speak Spanish. Ah, come on. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Eh, bueno, eh, estamos aquí con Brian Ortega. Eh, como habremos visto los rumores de eh, que se podría dar ya la pelea contra Max Holloway en diciembre, eh, ¿qué nos puedes decir al respecto? Pues, pues lo que me acabas de decir, ya agarré una llamada para pelear el diciembre. Um, yo le he dicho a, a mi gente que sí estoy listo para pelear el diciembre. Y si todo pasa bien y Max acepta la pelea, pues vamos a tener nuestra guerra aquí en diciembre y vamos a, 
a darle el show que le hayamos debido dado a ustedes en el verano se lo hemos dado en, en, el, en, en diciembre. Ok, eh, en el caso de que Max no pudiera estar por todos los rumores y todo lo que se ha dicho sobre su salud, eh, ¿cuál sería tu plan? Yo, la, esa plan debería ser de la UFC. Si él no puede llegar al peso, si él no puede uh, defender su título, um, yo creo que es, le dan un año a un peleador para pa ver si pueden defender o no. Si no lo pueden defender, le quitan el cinturón y hacen dos, los dos peleadores para pelear por él. Y yo siendo el número uno, voy a tener que tal vez pelear el número dos. No sé quién es él, se me hace que sea Aldo o algo. Pero el quien sea para pa pelear por el título es lo que voy a hacer. Ok, y por último, ¿qué les podrías recomendar a todos los jóvenes en Latinoamérica que entrenan en gimnasios eh, modestos, que no tienen las condiciones que podrían encontrar en Estados Unidos? ¿Qué podrías decirles? Um, es, no es el gimnasio que estás entrenando, es el trabajo que tú estás poniendo durante tu entrenamiento. Si tú quieres algo y tú quieres pelear por algo, pelea. Porque yo entrené en un garage, en, en, en una, una bodega. Imagínate, una bodega con pocas de pesas, una, 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 una bolsa de, pa, de boxeo. No hay muchas cosas en que yo entrené. Y yo y, y siempre digo, de una bodega a, a número uno en la OFC, es el trabajo duro que yo puse en mi entrenamiento y en, en preparándome para las peleas. All right, so there you go, Brian Ortega. Positive, trying to, get, trying to, trying to keep things, uh, don't, doesn't, doesn't want to entertain the possibility of anything negative. And I, I think we all hope that that fight stays together this time around. Of course, you know, Max's health is, is the chief concern. So anyway, uh, listen, I got to go to the airport. In fact, not only did I go to the airport, I got to drive from, well, I'm not driving, I'm taking an Uber. From Lincoln to Omaha, uh, so I can catch that flight out. Then it's Omaha to Phoenix, and then Phoenix to Vegas. So I got to get my stuff packed up and get out of here. Listen, it's going to be a, uh, a busy week next week. Uh, no event, but of course, so we'll be back in Vegas, and I will be with my man Cole Coffey for this next week uh, episode. But uh, there is a, a Robert Whitaker media lunch uh, Monday in Los Angeles. Um, Dave Mandel is going to cover that for us. Uh, on Wednesday, there's a Tyron Woodley media lunch um, in, in in Los Angeles. Nick Simon Samano is going to cover that. On Tuesday in Las Vegas is a Darren Till media day at the Performance Institute. So myself and Cole Coffey will be there. So uh, a lot of stuff going on, a lot of stuff going on. And I'm actually leaving next Saturday to go to uh, to go to Dallas, go see my family for a few days ahead of uh, the the event the next week. I'm actually It's my hometown, so always good to go see my parents and do that stuff. So anyway, I got to pack up, get everything out of here, and I got to head to the hotel. So I will uh, ship this off to Mr. Cole Coffee. He'll get everything produced as quickly as possible, and uh, that'll make its way to you. And uh, when it does, let me just say, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.